That's going to be. Because we have something to look that's forward be to. Freaking tons of fun is what that's going to be. <laughs> it's already tons of fun. It is already tons of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am so, I am so grateful for Jim's wit and his quick mind. Oh, me think, too. I just think that is the greatest thing in the world. It makes a guy want to say, eh! <laughs> Um, it's, uh, 9.01 a.m. Saturday, November the 21st, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Start. Glad. Flat. Well, people. People, people, people. I, 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 I... You, you. I am loath uh, to even attempt to describe the wonder, the glory, the grandeur, the um, the little sparkly elements uh, <laughs> of the treehouse environs uh, on this particular Saturday morning because there have been new sparkly, flecky, fairy flecky additions that I think only can be described by the one and only Ms. Diane Schulstead. <laughs> What 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 is? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm gonna take me a sip. What's new here in the, um, in the Bill and Diane Show studios, Diane? Yeah, ham and eggs. Well, I just got some candles to put in the fireplace because ever since we got the heat pump, you're not supposed to use the fireplace because it kind of sucks the heat that yeah. is pumping in right. out. But I always loved having a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. But I didn't want to put real candles in there because they just drip a bunch of wax into the so what what are these things that are candles i mean for all intents and purposes they are candles they are like candles with that you but they are i think they're they may be ceramic they kind of feel a little like ceramic that you put lamp oil in and which is paraffin right paraffin but it has a flame and And, so it's uh, got a regular wick, but it's yeah. just a, basically the candle is just a vessel to hold the lamp oil. Yeah. And then you just drop the wick down it and twist the top down and you and got yourself we'll, a candle. You have waxless candles. But yeah, but it's still... And so, and so having something in the fireplace, I, you know, it's kind of weird how, how much I loved having fires in the fireplace. I um, think that's a pretty natural... Uh, inborn kind of phenomenon and so having the light in there from six (laughs) candles i was thinking i i got eight but there are six of these wax and they're on the this this nice kind of metal pedestal so that they've got a nice array to them Right. So there's a design element involved. Plus, you've got a couple of other candles sitting in there now. Yeah. And you've got the candles lit on the hearth as well. So you combine those colors with the other colors that you have festooned our living space with. And the other kind of fairy lights that are scattered about. Hither and thither. Hither and thither. Creates a, a quite a warm and, um, good, shall I say, cozy... Uh, environment of which I am uh, only too glad and fortunate to partake on a daily basis. Well, and especially now that we're here all the time, we yeah. want to make it as as magical and fairy-like as possible. Well, yeah. I don't think, and I'm not sure that all people share that impulse. 
but certainly more people should, uh, if I may, if I may editorialize only for a moment there. That's it's my mom. Yeah. She created these beautiful homes, and I lived in beautiful. I think she took all of her artistry and put it into her houses. And it is, so. in fact, if you break it down to its base elements, it is a a a, a type of of organization for which you are famously uh, gifted. And uh, so I'm just happy to be able to hang out here, you know, fairly much rent free. (laughs) Plus, we have to admit, it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine as per usual. Hasn't it, Diane? It's been a quite lovely week. It has been a lovely week. In lots of ways. And it had elements of hecticity to it. Well, and part of that hecticity is... For you getting this, um, preparing for the impending wonderful concert ahead yes. this Tuesday yes. with none other than Mr. Wit, Mr. Charm, Mr. Elegance, Jim Page, who I've been friends with for 35 years now and uh, have enjoyed most moments of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he and I have been trading witty repartee in one form or another for some time, and we're going to be we're going to be dumping a bunch of it on people on Tuesday because we'll not only be uh, trading our songs back and forth, but we'll be trading some of our poetry back and forth too. I didn't know whether that was a surprise element that I should not speak of. Yeah, but now it's now, now the cat's everybody's going to know because you know the thousands and thousands of people who listen to the Bill and Diane show <laughs> yes. each and every week. <laughs> This is the little Easter egg, you know. you got to promise to, not to tell anybody or we'll have to find you and kill you. Yeah. At least not before Tuesday. So. But I, uh, I have been spending quite a bit of time with Jim here in the last few days, kind of doing some preparation and some sound checks and some, you know, some and testings because we're using a different platform. We're not using Zoom. We're, we are using a platform that both Jim and I really like. Uh, as a quality alternative to Zoom for what we're trying to do. And that's a platform called Ecamm Live. And I do not mind advertising its existence because I am very happy with it. And it's it's ease of use, uh, the things that you can do with it. They have just recently in the last month or two come out with a version that will allow for a split screen type environment. And I am just couldn't be happier with the was, results. Was it designed for music in mind? No, I don't think so. I think it was, it was designed it? for, for uh, uh, podcasting or, or uh, what do they call it, vlog casting or whatever the video podcasting, you know, or for people to use, you know, on all in all venues for news broadcasters for whatever whoever wants to use it for whatever purpose. But it's also works for small meetings because you can have up to four. Uh, five people total on screen together um, and originally they had a guest feature but that the guest dialed in from Skype and uh, but they have now developed a system by which it's all self-contained because I think the picture looks better than yeah the picture quality is better I think and it looks more real you know, less flat right I don't know but yeah. I heard a lot of cursing and 
swearing going on upstairs while you were trying to get everything together. I'll have to tell Jim to kind of hold down, to kind of (laughs) hold back on the cursing and swearing. No, that was me. That was me. Because I was, uh, there was some, there were a few hoops I had to jump through, and it was a learning curve for me. Because kind of the way this works is the host kind of is the director of the broadcast. So I may be, you may see more of my chin on Tuesday night as I'm going in to change the can, but I can switch different different to different looks um so you can see like a whole yeah so that if jim's playing a song then he gets he can have the whole screen or and vice versa and i'm not sure yet how much fun that will be in the live thing so i'll be experimenting around a little bit on tuesday with it just to see how it feels i like the side-by-side look too so you know it'll be interesting to to be in the director's chair as well as in the uh, performer's chair well Tuesday. when i was talking to chris yesterday chris lunn yeah of victory music mm-hmm. fame mm-hmm. um i was telling him that you were uh, i was just telling him that i was very fortunate that i always took to the computerized stuff since the beginning because when i first was with victory music i was just typing on a selector typewriter then we moved to uh k-pro K-Pro. And then we were able to take the K-Pro data and move it into a Mac format. This guy, uh, he just had the ability to translate this. And then he said, I work on desktop publishing during the day, but you can use my computer during the night. So I would go there like at 10 o'clock at night. To this guy's house? To this guy's house. And he just had a little desktop publishing business in his house and spend like two hours just doing the bolding and italicizing and all the formatting of the print and bring it back. And so I was just we were just talking about uh, all of the stuff that uh, including that I did the I went into a printing outfit when we're doing the the Victory Music um, album, the Victory Music Review. And we were always doing everything on the cheap. Right. So if you could use their equipment and you could prove that you could use it, they'd just let you use it. So that really? was a really, really bizarre thing. Yeah. Did you lay out the cover? I didn't lay out the cover, but I did all the the type typeface uh, typeface so. for it. Wow. And all the text. And yeah, all yeah. the text and the bolding and the and it was very command driven and very weird and. And it was big, like a big thing. And in any event, I was telling him how, for some reason, I was very fortunate that I just always took to the computer environment. And he said, well, it was fortunate for us, too, because, you know, the computer was just my downfall. I've never gotten along with it. And I I think the thing with computers is that you have to be kind of not afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. You have to realize that the computer is more forgiving than you think it's going to be. If you hit a wrong button, it's not going to ruin everything necessarily. So you just have to know how to back out too. But, but the funny thing about it is I said, yeah, well, Bill fights with technology a lot and I'm hearing a lot of swearing coming in down from upstairs while he's trying to get this Ecamm thing, but he always gets it in the end. And then it's all just like, Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I admit that I do have moments uh, of frustration. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. And I tend to vent it rather than holding it inside. I think it's a healthier way to live. You 
boy. It's good coffee. Whenever I, of, oh, come on! That's which, is, which is something that I used to hear my dad. I could be upstairs in my bedroom, and he could be downstairs in the basement, two floors below, and I would hear this, oh, come on! Coming from down there when he was trying to do something, usually in the shop, when he was trying to, you know, do some kind of uh, shop-oriented thing, which was not his forte. Because you've always told me this story, every time I'm hearing stuff down here, I'm yeah. always thinking about your dad and his, yeah, oh, come on. What you're hearing when you hear that from upstairs is my childhood. <laughs> That's pretty nice I, childhood. I learned from the best, is what I'm saying. My dad knew how to vent. It's not It's not like this angry, it's sort of like this cartoon anger. So I don't know. It's. Yeah. It's not... It's not threatening to no. hear you cursing upstairs. <laughs> I'm so glad because I, I'm anything but threatening. Yeah. It's actually a, chuckle producing. Yeah. Anyway. Good. That's exactly how you should react because it's you know, there's a there's a futility involved and uh, you know. But uh, the thing, the other thing that I want to say about eCam, for any of you out there who are interested in doing live streaming. I have not worked with a technological company before that is this responsive to its subscribers. You do it is a paid pay for platform, but I've had several issues uh, over the time that I've been using it. One one time, I think you remember we had a we were doing a treehouse concert and somehow we lost the feed on Facebook and I had to re no it was my computer froze that's what it was my little laptop froze up and we had to back out and start over. And it, you know, it worked out okay. We got back on pretty easy. But what one of the things that Ecamm does is it records your performance as you go. And at the end of the show, um, I realized that the, the when we went back on, you know, it, it records automatically. So the, the, the second half of the show was intact as far as the recording goes for posting on YouTube. But the first half was not I could not get it to open in my computer so that I could I could weave the two together and create the YouTube video so I contacted the company and they said well send us the file we'll see what we can do so I did I dropboxed the file back to them and I think less than two days later they returned it to me in a viewable form because their technicians had been able to salvage the file and much like that when I when Jim and I were were trying it out on Thursday night it had this element in it that was making the guitars sound horrible and distorted and I was like oh no and I was searching through every menu I could find to try and find the fix for that and couldn't find it so I went on to the Ecamm website the next morning and sent them a, a message through their website an email through their website explaining the issue and within two hours I had an email back from them saying try this and I went and tried it and it fixed the problem I, there was a menu that I had not considered to look at and in that menu was a little checkbox that you had to check if you wanted to be able, if you wanted to, to defeat the programmed in noise gates and things that they do to so that when you're live streaming with a guest, the background noise is not intrusive. You have to turn that feature on, uh, turn on a feature that eliminates that gating, in order to get the full sound. So it was fixed, and so we're good to go. And I just appreciate that company for their. Not only the quality of the product, but their uh, customer service support is really good. So. Well, and that's it. Kind of brings up part of the conversation that 
Chris and I were having yesterday because we're chit-chatting. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Ancient Victories layout over the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, that's always been the case for the last, gosh, is it 13 years? Well, since 2008? No, 2006, yeah. right? Since your and birthday. Anyway, since your yeah. birthday in 2006, so that's... Some people could look at that as 14 years. Well, I don't think we started right yeah. after my birthday, though. Right. I think we're on 13. Okay. But the interesting thing when, when Chris and I were talking about this is I was telling him how much, as I described last week, that how much I enjoyed talking to Eric Tingstad. And then right. I interviewed Nancy Rumble by, uh, by email. And, oh, my gosh, what a fun group of people those guys are. And I never really knew them that well in Victory. So Chris and I were talking about how we love to chronicle all of these people's efforts. Right. That, that was kind of the main thrust of our conversation, that we have this shared passion that very few people have. <laughs> That's why I love talking to Chris about this stuff, because how many people can I find who really love to chronicle? <laughs> yeah. But you also have the shared history. I mean, you were yeah, both, we well, were both chronicling the same thing. Yes, yes, but at the same time, it's. I think that the whole reason why I delved into the Victory Music mission as much as I did is that I just love that that ability to be able to chronicle all this. Yeah. And part of the reason why this came up is because I had been looking back. I knew that I had a, a publication that Chris had written an article. I thought it was about both Nancy Rumble and Eric Tingstad, but it was only about Nancy Rumble from 1985 when the the gift, the album I'm going to be writing about, was uh, coming out. Mm -hmm. And Chris was really surprised that he had done that at that time. He said, oh, I thought that was later. And I said, no, it was 1985. And, and uh, I had sent the article to Nancy, and she said, it was a real trip to read that from the past. Yeah. I, I just really enjoyed it. And I was telling Chris how every time I bring up one of the old Victory Music publications for reference of some sort, you always say, can you leave that up here? I, yeah. <laughs> I want to look at that. Yeah. And I was telling Chris that the thing that's so funny is even the advertisements are now interesting yeah. because of who was here and what they were doing. And, yeah. and he was laughing and saying, and man... Back in the day, they weren't interesting at all. It was sort of like, do I have to really monetize this thing? Can't we just do it for free? Yes. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it was uh, the thrust of our conversation was that there's just a whole lot of work behind everything that you see that becomes successful. And you either are in love with that work or you're not. And if you're not in love with the work, you will never get to the point because it takes such persistence to do. So all, I mean, what we are chronicling through the articles that we're doing is all the work that people have done in their craft to become the people that they are. I mean, it doesn't happen just by blinking your eyes and saying, oh, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> yeah. there, and there's, there's usually an, a, a, a moment of luck involved, but the, the work 
is really what is happening all the way through. You know, it's like when you think of Eric and Nancy, you know, they had a moment of luck. Same thing with the uh, with uh, Phil and Pam. And or, Tim or Noah. Or Tim Noah. Yeah. Or any of the, the ones that you've been talking about. There have been these moments of good fortune that have propelled people forward, but the work never changes. The work is constant, you know, it's ongoing and pretty, uh, it can be, de- depending on how, what your aspirations are, it can be a lot of work that needs to be tended to every day, you know. But I think that that's the, that's the trick of finding your bliss, yeah. is that when you, when you know that there's a lot of work involved with all this stuff, and yet you even love that work, although it may frustrate you, although you may get tired, although you might feel, God, I never want to do this again. There's always that passion that is driving you. Because believe me, when I was in Victory Music, there were times I thought, I never want to do this (laughs) again. (laughs) But, uh, oh man. And then when you look back on what you've accomplished, and you see these things, and I, I keep thinking, I was telling Chris at the end of the conversation when we were, when you had stopped by, I said, the thing that's really weird about all this is that the things that we are chronicling, somebody is interested in. For example, I'm really interested in the KZX uh, album project, album project and, and how that all came together and why they chose this this radio station why they chose to focus on local musicians for a while right. through the homegrown program and yeah. all that yeah. and yet i looked online and i found this article one article that was talking about a lot of different uh radio stations in the entire country who had uh done something similar and kzx was just one of the ones that they mentioned and the guy said, but if you look up anything about these these issues, how they did it, or, it you find an internet black hole. And I thought, yeah. What do, what do you mean by an internet black hole? That there's there, you there's can't, no information. There is no information. There's no information. You cannot find why did they do that and how did, you know, why did they stop doing it? What happened to it, you know? Um, I just think you should you should interview Dave Luttrell and yeah. some of those old KEZX people. I wonder if all of them came from KZAM too, because KZAM was a huge station. Uh, yeah, Eric. Be- before Eric KZX. said that that was probably what I heard Riley and Maloney on. Oh right, on. right, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember. In any event, that's just kind of a sideline to yeah. say that you may think that what you're chronicling is not that big a deal to anybody but the few uh, people you are writing for. But in this day and age, man, I, you know, I've looked up some pretty obscure topics and I am thrilled to find somebody has written about it. And it may be just small items of information, but there is a niche for all of those uh, pieces of information. And for me, when I look back at the the huge library of Victory Music uh, reviews. I was only part of it for five, six years, but or well, off and on even after that. But uh, but all the people who have written and all the people who have been written about and the the history is fascinating. Yeah. 
And when you look back at these these past issues and you read some of the articles from a stance 20 years later, it's quite amazing. It's the only place that's got uh, where there are written reviews of every one of my albums. Yeah. It's the only place. You know, I've because I was not sending my album out to all the other publications. I had a review in The Rocket a couple of times and Dirty Linen a couple of times, but the Victory Review was kind of like, that's where I got all my pull quotes, that's where I got, you know, that's where I kind of built my promotion. And so whether you acknowledge it or not, you guys were doing something that nobody else does around here. I mean, there was the Heritage Music Review back in the day, and it was Doug Bright was his name. Remember yeah, Doug? I do remember that. And uh, he was, he was also, kind of of the same energetic principles that Chris is made out of. You know, he had that same kind of energy, but it it didn't last as long. And uh, I think in an, in the era where uh, you could, these things can could exist online, that those the articles that you're writing now can have a wider distribution and a wider uh, access can be given to them to where where more people will be able to share in this history. I actually have been thinking about uh, talking to Chris about doing uh, doing the publications online. Doing a website at least. Like an archive. Wherein you you could post these articles that we're writing because you know i've i've actually seen the that for example yearbooks they Hmm. they can actually have the entire publication be that you can page through it the way that it originally was i am really wondering about that as at a retirement project because uh, i do think it'd be cool to have those online to have an online archive of those publications would be amazing in any event, I and you know Chris I, has got them all somewhere in some mildew, oh, mil, mildewy smelling box. I do know they aren't in a box. They're in a. They're. I know where they are. Oh, they're in this. <laughs> he has an office right. with a bathroom, and the in the bathroom there are <laughs> lot, rows really? and rows Shelf? of shelves oh of these. Oh my god! I love it! I love it! Cause Unless he's is, moved it. It is wonderful bathroom reading. You know, <laughs> tailor-made for the bathroom these periodicals oh that's perfect that's lovely i like that i love that image uh, that's what shared, that's what we, it used to be we have shared in a rich history it may be a microcosmic one but it, it's got all the it's got all the intrigue and the, <laughs> and the romance and the, and the you know it not, not many car chases and explosions but you know all the all the elements of a Ken Burns film, you know, kind of thing. It's, I, it's I kind rich... of I, I thrive in the microcosm yeah, rather yeah. than all, the macrocosm. We all do, whether we acknowledge it or not. If we thrive at all, we thrive microcosmically. You know, that's great. So the other really cool thing about this week that I want to bring up in the show. Well, I've got to know. I've got something to bring up. Too. Oh man, we've got too many things, no, Bill. No, 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 no. Okay. We can jam them all in, really. So. I was trying to think what day it was. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. On Friday, I got a a little message from Chayla, my adored friend that I've known since her birth, daughter of Dick and Tammy. Of the Antique Sandwich. sandwich. Traditions in Olympia. And uh, I have known her and adored her, loved her, and we. She's one of my best friends, one of my closest friends. 
as she grew up. And she has a daughter, uh, she and John, her husband, mm -hmm. have a daughter, Ula. And we met Ula when she was born, and we've seen her a couple of times since. Uh, but since the pandemic, we have not been able to see Jayla, John, Ula, or anybody else. Right. But Jayla has written to me several times and said that, uh, will you come away from uh, Bill's Night Sky album is one of Ula's favorite songs and that she is always asking for it and the way she asks for it is Oh Diane which just thrills me to no end and so this time I thought I know that, that Chayla is doing Zooms because I saw on her Facebook page that somebody else had posted a picture of all these people getting together and Chayla was one of them so I knew that she had done Zoom so I I just propose that we have a Zoom call with Ula and John and Chayla and that you would perform the the song for Ula right. uh, specifically. Yeah. And so we did that on Sunday and it was the most, I, I just, I don't even know what I, it was just glorious. It was the most wonderful thing in the world because... Ula was really shy, and she did. She didn't know exactly. I think she's two. Yeah, she's just about to turn two. I think she or just she, turned two. Or she did turn two. Yeah, they were talking about her. Birthday. And she, uh, Chayla and John were trying to tell her about this, uh, that this was going to happen, but it scared her somehow. So we were talking for a while, and then Bill got out his guitar and. And um, they were trying to get her to come to the, the camera, and she wasn't doing it. She was going and hiding. They'd show her running and hiding in the room. And, and then Bill started singing, Ula, it's not scary. <laughs> he was playing the guitar and singing this little thing. And eventually, uh, when you start playing the song, I yeah, think, yeah. she finally came out. And... It just was the most wonderful experience for me. And especially because Ula, uh, she looks exactly the way that Chela did at her age, except with blonde hair and blue eyes. Chela has dark hair and dark eyes. And I was just like, oh, my God, because it just broke my heart. I love, because I love Chela so much. I loved her when she was a little kid. I love her when she was all through her life. Yeah. But to see a, a little miniature of her again <coughs> pretty lovely thing so that was my thing to say well mine is is akin to that uh, i had a couple of uh of uh messages this week from alice my daughter uh, she is a nanny she works as an au pair part-time and uh, is also going to school full-time <laughs> and uh, she's squeezing a lot in right now but she sends once in a while she'll send me videos of the kids that she takes care of and she sent this video of the two boys down for a nap and she was singing uh, Lone Ranger in the Moon to them. And she said it was a song that they always wanted her to sing to them. So. And they were giggling. They and... were giggling and snorting at the underwear outside your pants and you know, those kind of lines. So that was, that was a, a lovely thing. Um, now I've forgotten the other thing I wanted to bring up. But it was related to that. 
Oh, I did remember. So the other thing, and it's it may seem minor to some folks, was Alice had written to me and asked me if I had watched a particular Tiny Desk concert. And it was the Tiny Desk concert done by Taylor Swift, of all people. And I had watched part of it uh, at one time and thought, oh, that's nice that she's doing that. But I don't think I watched it all the way to the end. And the Tiny Desk concert is usually four songs at the most. And so I watched it again, and it was very, very good. This is Taylor Swift, just her and her guitar, or just her and the one piano. No backup at all. She's the only person there. And she talks about the songs with the audience. She does uh, the kind of presentation wherein, if this is the way I'd been introduced to Taylor Swift, I would be a major Taylor Swift fan because she's a really a great songwriter. Um, but the way that she is produced and presented has never really appealed to me. And so it was really a, 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 for me, it was a representation of what I love about music and what I don't like about music kind of brought into, uh, uh, brought together in an interesting way, kind of a clash in my brain. But if you have, anybody hasn't seen the Tiny Desk concert of Taylor Swift, uh, you should check it out just because you get to hear the songs as they were written, just her and her guitar or just her and a piano. And the way she talks about the songs, it really makes them make sense. And it's completely like lifted and removed from the industry that is Taylor Swift, which to me represents uh, in many ways a lot of things that I don't like about the music industry is the way that people are produced and presented to the masses. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably the, you know, Taylor Swift being just her and her guitar and her and the piano on the Tiny Desk concert wouldn't have happened without all of that industry, but I don't know that. None of us will ever know that. Um, but just to have her pre present herself as a singer-songwriter just felt like yes to me. It was a very uh, enriching experience, so I just wanted to mention that. Well, it's a little bit of an example of how the microcosm when it goes into the macrocosm, it sort of gets as it's almost like they have to overblow the whole microcosm well, yeah, thing because to, you, because to, the idea in this case, the idea of entering the the macrocosm is to make money. Yeah, you know, and so you you can kind of uh, it's nice to have that all that veneer and all of that uh, all of the things that are done by other people to the songs and to the performance of the songs taken away and just presenting the songs as as they were written and uh, i gotta say it was for me it was really nice to see the humanity there uh, and so i just wanted to bring that up and it was a, it's a musical thing and we're going to talk about music now at first i was thinking about doogie mclean oh yeah because I do love Doogie's music. And yep. he had this specific song that I was thinking really represented our times. I mean, it's quite, it's called When the People Speak. Just the title should tell you a lot. But when we were listening to it together and you said, well, it seems a little melancholy, you know, I was thinking, you know, Doogie has a quality of melancholy in a lot oh, of yeah. his songs. I mean, and a lot of Celtic music has a quality yeah. of melancholy. And I love him. Yeah. But for some reason it didn't feel quite right so I was kind of thinking oh who else who else and then I thought about Dick Gawkin Dick Gawkin 
we have had on the show before with the song. I don't think we had the other song. Okay. The. I think we did some the Dick and Andy before. We we have because yeah. I love. Uh, There's an album that Dick Gawkin and Andy Irvine made years ago. I think it was in the '80s, sometime maybe. Um, that's a really a classic album. It is so wonderful, yeah. and it has a lot of uh, traditional pieces on it too, which I absolutely and some adore. But this one song, Sail On, is it's just an anthem uh, for any time. It's actually an anthem for when you're feeling good or feeling bad or feeling anything, you know, because it's, it's just about life. And then the other song that we're going to play is actually a Bob Dylan song yeah. sung by Dick Gawkin, which is pretty amazing. My whole life on bloody seas, sail on through the storm. Laughs and hard times, cries and taking it all back home, taking it all back. Storms in shadowed valleys Sail on through the storm Asking questions that had no answers Taking it all back home Taking it all back Loved ones born, seen loved ones dying, sail on through the storm, rocked with the laughter, I've shook with crying, taking it all back, taking it all
storm Saw it die But I kept on living Taking it all back Taking it all back Lived with love Facts of musketeers Foundation deep somehow ah, But I was so much older then I'm younger than that now Girls' faces formed the forward path From phony jealousy To memorizing politics of ancient history Flung down by corpse evangelists Unfollowed though somehow ah, But I was so much older then I'm younger than that now Professor's tongue Too serious to fool Spouted out that liberty 
is just equality in school. Equality, I spoke the word as if a wedding vow. But I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. And a soldier stands, I aim my hand at the mongrel dogs that teach, fearing not that I'd become my enemy. In the instant that I preach, my pathway led by confusion, boots mutiny from stem to bow. Ah, but I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. Yes, my guard stood hard when abstract threats too noble to neglect deceived me into thinking I had something to protect. Good and bad, I define these terms quite clear, no doubt. Somehow, ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that.